Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is March 15th, 1997. We're getting closer and closer to St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Ah, can I drink some green beer? That's right. Have a green milkshake from <laughs> fucking like McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah, those shamrock shakes. I think they're nasty. Yeah, I don't like them either. Mint shakes. I, I think the green beer is also overrated. It's just beer. Yeah, it's beer, but it's just colored green. Yeah, so That's it's why festive. I think it's overrated. I mean, I guess you just think beer in general is overrated, or I'm not a big beer guy. No. Yeah. That, that's the, like a true Irishman. I like whiskey. And he <laughs> thinks that it's unsexy if I drink beer, so I have to stick with my green apple martinis instead. Oh, there you go. That's that's in the season. Mm-hmm. Apple martinis. Green beer is fun, though. Yeah. Do you like beer? Yes. Why? Why not? What is to like about beer? Um, The same thing that you like about alcohol and soda. <laughs> But I wouldn't mix those two. Yeah, you would. I would? You wouldn't mix alcohol and soda? People do it all the time. Rum and Coke? Well, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't make a... Are you, are you saying that beer... I guess beer is like a fizzy... Yeah. It's a fizzy drink. But it tastes like bread. No, it does not. It's not a weirdo. Well, you're drinking bad beer. Maybe. Like, drink Killian's and Corona. Killian's Irish Red. Yeah. I corona. love Killian's. Mm. Killian's is my favorite. Something about Corona that doesn't sound good to me. Eh, you're weird. But, yeah, Killian's, I don't know. What about a bucket of Rolling Rocks? No. No? No, I like Killian's or Corona. My dad was a big beer drinker. That might be a reason. one of the reasons why mm. I shy away from it. I also enjoy Guinness every once in a while. Guinness, Guinness is the one beer I actually like. Which is weird because it's more like bread than the other beers. It's like a loaf of beer. Yeah, exactly. Guinness stout. Takes a full minute to pour a glass. Right? That's what they say. It's awesome. I guess. It's fine. It's, it's very bitter. Mm, yeah. But I like bitter. Yeah. Yeah, why'd you say that like it's some kind of sexy thing? Because it's not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Lost today. Um, but speaking of bitter, I'll bet you that a lot of people in the Phoenix area are bitter tonight. Why? Because they saw UFOs. What? Yeah, apparently a few or a couple nights ago, there was a wide report. I guess it started in Henderson, Nevada, stretched all the way to... Uh, Phoenix to the edge of Tucson, Arizona. And it, like a triangular formation of lights seemed to pass over the entire state. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. And lots of people saw it. it so was, it's not just like one crazy farmer dude. No, it was from like 7.30 to 10.30. And it was literally witnessed by probably thousands of people. So what is the government saying happened then? Because, I mean, there has to be some kind of fucking explanation. They're not saying anything. That's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Little green men are coming. 
It's going to be like that uh, that movie Mars Attacks. Oh, God. We're your friends. <laughs> that was the worst. I think it would be more like Independence oh, Day. Movie. I like Independence Day better. Yeah, Independence Day is not a good movie. It's better than Mars Attacks. Mm, I disagree. What? Crazy. I think Mars Attacks was a brilliant satire of Ugh. 50s. B movie, alien movie things. It was gross. It was a, a, at the same time a loving homage and a send up of the genre. And the Independence Day was just ridiculousness. The more I get from that, the farther I get from that movie, the more I'm like, eh. I don't know what's wrong with you, but it was cool. Oh, good for you. Anyway, that is all the news I have this week. All the news that you have this week is that the little green men are coming to take over Earth. Cool. Bill Clinton banned federal funding for cloning technology. Fuck him. You want to talk about that? Yes, actually. You you believe that we should be cloning? I think that it should be uh, researched more. Ooh, interesting. You don't? Seems like a controversy. Doesn't it, doesn't it seem kind of like playing God? Maybe. But you're okay with that. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I think playing God's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it kicks ass. Come on now. Like, you know, the Clone Wars and stuff. Yeah. What are you talking about? Star Wars. Oh, you, you're talking about that one line that Obi-Wan says? Or what's her name? No, uh... Princess Leia says it. What a weird reference to bring up. Which line is that? The Clone Wars thing you're talking about. Years ago, you 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 helped my father in the Clone Wars or whatever. Yeah. Yep. That's it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> How come every conversation I have with you is like you're discovering what you're saying? <laughs> Like, you just put something out, and then I explain it, and you're like, yep, that's correct. <laughs> Fuck you. You got there. It's like everything's a mystery. Seriously, it's like a scavenger hunt having a conversation with you. I love you. Uh-huh. I love you, too. Anyway, speaking of scavenger hunts. Uh, yeah. We've got to look for the plots in this movie i don't know so we saw we saw private parts yep a movie that howard stern's been talking about making for 75 years <laughs> it seems like been talking about it in a show for so long and i mean maybe that's just how long it takes for a movie to get made but he wrote that book and i think he wrote the book in 93 92 or 93 the book the movie opens with his Fartman appearance at the MTV Music Awards in 1992, so. That was special. Yeah, it was dumb. But, I mean, then that's why I wasn't looking forward to the movie. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like his humor. I think he's vulgar and gross. You know, he didn't come up with that character. Okay. That character was, uh, was conceived in 1979 by the National Lampoon. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Doug Kenny and uh, Harold Beard or whatever his name was. Um, 
well, he uh, plays it, whatever. But I don't like it. I don't like his fart joke humor. I don't like... I don't either. There's a, like... Anytime I've heard any of his stuff, I haven't enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to go see this movie. And it's going to be awful. I watch his his radio show on E! from time to time. They air him on E! Okay. E! Entertainment Television. Sure. And I'll watch it occasionally. There are things that I find that I enjoy. There are things I... The problem is, is like, he's so all over the place. Where sometimes it's like gross out potty humor, stuff like that, which I don't like at mm-hmm. all. But sometimes it's like a little more subtle, funny humor that is entertaining. So I do enjoy his show sometimes, but not all the time. I don't like Jackie Martling. Jackie the Joke Man Martlin. Martley, whatever the fuck his name is. He, he's in the movie for a very brief period of time. When they're doing a match game segment. But he's not funny to me. I don't like him. Okay. And I think he needs another stand-up comedian to banter with or whatever. But I like Robin. And, you know, he abuses his producer, Gary. So <laughs> that's funny sometimes. But anyway, so, yeah, we saw the movie Private Parts. It's It's... It's Howard Stern's life, but a very specific segment of Howard Stern's life. But what was funny is I actually really, really enjoyed that movie. Like, I Ah. thought I would hate it Mm -hmm. because I hate him. Right. But I only hated the ending. Yeah, the ending was dumb. Yeah. But, and the the problem, like you said, the problem with the ending is the ending reflects the ego that he got. Uh Uh-huh. He got too big of an ego. Oh, yeah. He was much better when he didn't think he was the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, well, and, I mean, you can see that in the movie. It's like, I don't know how you can have enough self-awareness to write your character starting at nothing and growing into what you grew into and not realize that you have too big of an ego at the same time. I think it's an act. So, I, at least I think he thinks it's an act. Okay. I think it's an act, but I think it's partially based on reality, too. So, like, I think he acts a lot more confident than he feels internally. But I think, you know, it's one of those things where if you fake it long enough, it just kind of becomes your reality. Yeah. And I think that's what has happened. But he's been highly successful for a very long time. Right. So this movie culminates in him beating Don Imus and becoming the number one DJ in America. I believe it was 1985. I want to say. So that's the culmination and the end of this movie is the ACDC concert in New York that he put on to celebrate the fact that he became the number one DJ in America. And obviously he's continued to be number one since then. Like I said, he's on E. You know, it's his radio show, but they they film it. Got like little robotic cameras or something like that. I don't know exactly how they do it. There's no cameramen. They're like wire wireless cameras or whatever. Okay. Or not wireless, but people list. Yeah. <laughs> they like they automatically switch. I don't know if they're motion detected or, or what. I don't know how exactly it works, but they have a bunch of cameras in his studio, and that's essentially what it does. Okay. Or maybe they all film at the same time, and then they just edit the that the would make stuff more sense together. But but yeah, so they they film, and that's somewhat entertaining sometimes. Especially they'll bring in you know like bikini models and stuff like that. His his radio show has more of a visual element to it than a lot of radio shows do. 
Like there's one point in the movie where he's describing how a woman's taking a full 13-inch kielbasa down her throat. Yeah, that was gross. And it's like that's a very visual thing. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't translate super well on the radio. No. So, it's a weird thing to have on his radio show if he doesn't have cameras. But a lot of his bits translate better now that he has cameras. In my opinion. But I mean, that's the kind of humor shit that I don't like. Like if that was if it was mm-hmm. if I was a audience member to that alone i wouldn't enjoy it but it was the overarching story and the characters and all that that well yeah and i think the story of his life is not exactly like his show right and it was clear he was doing that specifically for one audience member and that was his news guy because he Mm -hmm. wanted his news guy to quit and he was so offended i think that's so funny like who cares right like why would you be offended by that like she it's a it's a hot dog not Mm -hmm. a penis And she's putting it down her throat, not hurting you. It's because he did summer stock. <laughs> it was maybe, maybe he's offended that um, that his wife can't do that. I don't know. <laughs> but so this is the story of his life from birth, essentially, or very young when he was about seven when mm-hmm. he first decided he wanted to become a DJ to 1985 when he became the biggest DJ in the world. Yep. With a stop in Detroit, shout out to Detroit, which he hated. <laughs> hated living here. And he doesn't, I, I admire that he doesn't crap all over Detroit in this movie, but he did not like living here. Well, can you blame him compared to New York and Washington and all the yeah. other cool places he lived? I mean, Detroit. Hartford, Connecticut. Hart, De- what? He lived in Hartford for a while. Detroit's fine, but it's not like the greatest. So if you're only used to like really cool places, and it mm. would suck. Yeah. He's, he has one line where he says, uh, I'm so uncomfortable in this Detroit. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, imagine going from, like, fucking Chicago to Detroit. Well, that would be pretty easy. They're fairly similar cities. No, they're not. Well, you might. Okay, so you're going to offend our Michigan-based audience here by saying that Chicago's so much better than Detroit. First of all, it's not. Second of all... Um, I mean, maybe it is in other people's eyes, but come on. But I think you have a better argument of New York versus Detroit. Because one's East Coast, and it's very East Coast. Detroit's very Midwest, and so Chicago. I I guess the problem is I've never been to New York. I can only talk about, like, Chicago's the only big city that I've been in, aside from Detroit. Cosmopolitan city. So, I mean, at least in this country. Your spy work is taking you to uh, <laughs> Svetospol and uh, some other right, uh, large right, right. cities in, in the Eastern Bloc. Um, so, what did the, I mean? What do you What did you think overall about the, the movie? I liked it. It felt honest and vulnerable, and it made me care about him as a person um, up until the end, and then it felt it be, it, then it gets, forced and farcical and, yes. you know, like he was getting too full of himself. Yeah. But I thought it was really cool to find out that he's married to a social worker. Like, yeah, that's neat. Like, that's what I want to do. So, so she is one of the, the, the things that holds this movie together. I think mm-hmm. Mary McCormick, I believe her name is. She really, she is very charming in this. She's very real, believable, and just her performance is fantastic. 
just really hold like gives a with all the farcical weird shit that's going on with him she really provides a stable human element to the mm-hmm. story i think this movie does not work at all without her performance okay i mean there's quite a bit of the movie that has nothing to do with her but i just mean the the it's her presence grounds him constantly yeah yeah that's true like what did you think about the uh cheating scene so I, okay, I don't know a ton about Howard Stern's life. I have not read the book, his autobiography, Private Parts. We've just seen the movie. And I don't know. I haven't done a lot of research, so I don't know a lot about him. I don't know if this incident actually happened or if it's just something he put in here. I mean, I assume it's real, but what an idiot. <laughs> and yeah. do we trust him? Here's the thing. Howard Stern is the narrator. Literally several times in this movie, he's narrating parts of parts of it. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously the writer of the book. He's one of the only ones, one of the only three people, I guess, that knows what happened this night. I, I mean, do we believe him that he didn't actually cheat? I mean, I don't know if I believe that or not, but I don't think that part matters. Because what he admits to doing was still bad enough that his wife left him for a period of time. Right. And I don't think he made the whole thing up because his wife left him for a period of time. I'm assuming that's, that's true. true. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, whether or not his penis went in her vagina, I think has very little to do with anything. Why do you think he let it get that far? Because she was hot and he was curious. I mean, he's only slept with one woman unless he did sleep with that other woman. Like he married the first girl he slept with and she was a hot actress. Right. Yeah. I mean, and he was, you know, probably pretty young at the time. I mean, yeah, his friend Fred was there. (laughs) That was weird. I mean, I guess she wanted a menage. Like, what what was that? I don't know what she wanted. Maybe she just figured Fred would watch. (laughs) From the bathtub with them? I I don't think so. (laughs) I think it was pretty funny when uh, afterwards, after he's like, thanks, I got to go, you know, and he leaves and everything. And she just kind of. Gives Fred this look like, eh, what, you know, what do you think? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're having sex. I'm sure they had sex. I mean, at least in the scenario presented. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. Was Fred actually there? I don't know. He's a real person. Is that something that they just put in for comedic purposes? Maybe. Were they alone? Or was Fred actually there? The whole thing's fucking weird. I guess Fred being there would help his case that he didn't cheat because he'd have A, a witness, and B, it would be a lot less likely that he'd actually have sex in front of a person. Right. The whole the whole thing was very odd. Yeah. That was a very odd scene in an otherwise fairly straightforward narrative. What was weird, too, is when she touched his leg and you could just see him get an erection. Yeah, I think that was... Uh a prosthetic or something like that probably especially because he says his penis is so small Mm -hmm. but it's like i don't know that seemed a little like over the top but i mean then that's his humor yes that's that's the part of him i don't like he would think that that was funny right that's that was supposed to be a joke i'm sure yeah i didn't love that no there were things about the movie that i didn't love the movie also kind of so it seemed, I don't want to say slapdash. I, like, it's not, like, it wasn't a mess, but it was, like, messy. Yeah. The movie's kind of messy. I think he's kind of messy. Where it's, 
it's a like it seems straightforward enough of a narrative where it's following him from city to city until he lands in New York and becomes huge. But I don't know. It just kind of like things just, and I guess that's sort of the nature of life, but it just seemed like so many things just happened and then like fizzled out and then happened and fizzled out. It was just, I don't know. There were, it's almost like a series of bits like his show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But what did you think about, uh, What's his name? Paul Giamatti is his name. The guy that played uh, Pig Vomit, the the program director that he hated. Oh, the one he went up against. Yeah, he was awful. Now in re- now in real life, would you would you be on Howard Stern's side? We're talking about the guy from uh, NBC or MN, whatever. WNBC. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Guy. I would be on Howard Stern's side because that guy was a fucking douche. You think so? Yeah, don't you? Well, I mean, I don't know. You have to look at it. As, I think it's funny that they... So he gets so big in Washington that the NBC guys are like... They, he's taken out our entire audience in Washington. We've got to sign him. They don't even listen to him. Yeah, that was dumb. They sign him to a three-year contract... Sight, you know, not not heard at all. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, I think. Yeah. Or yes, that's yeah. right. That's insane. With a half a million buyout clause, like one thing that he that Howard Stern didn't get into is at this time he definitely had to have had, had an agent because it's a pretty good contract. Yeah, and I don't think they. I think an agent would have negotiated that, especially the, the buyout clause and stuff like that. The stuff that protects him. But anyway, so he. He gets this contract, goes to New York, and then the guy listens. The, the head of NBC, I guess, NBC Radio or whatever, listens to him and is like, you know, fires everyone. Yeah, ridiculous. That was funny though. And then one of the guys. It's so funny. Uh, one of the guys that's in this movie, the guy with the mustache, the guy that gets hit in the in the back by uh, pig vomit. Yeah. Okay. In that. Howard's not Howard Stern in that David Letterman movie that we watched. She also plays an NBC executive. Oh, funny. <laughs> do you, do you think they really got physical? Do you think that was based in reality? That fight uh, they had? Probably. I can only assume that all of this is true. Yeah. I know one thing's slightly untrue. Hmm. There's a scene in this movie where he, uh, has a woman sit on a subwoofer. And, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever, like, uh, yeah. Until she has an orgasm. And apparently that did happen, but that was a setup bit. Like the woman that called in was in cahoots with him and it was just like a setup thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine that would actually work. I don't know. Maybe we'll try it, Carol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Robin, I think, is also very good in this movie. Yeah. I like Robin a lot. And you said she, that's the actual Robin, right? Yeah. The, the actual Fred, the actual Robin, the actual Jackie Martley, they're all, those are all the act, actual people. Jackie Martley. Yeah, so when they did the match game thing where they can't say, the, they tell them they can't say the seven words, right, that you can't say on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? George Carlin's list. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, pussy, cock, motherfucker, whatever. Mm-hmm. All of them. All the ones we shouldn't be saying right now. Right, right. But they do a match game thing where they use all those words. And that was actually a thing, too. Where it's like, uh, 
you know, blank a doodle do <laughs> cock. You know, it's like so he was in that. He was it was Robin playing Brett Summers and Fred, and then Jackie was the other guy. Okay, where he would say like, "Oh, I wrote mine sloppy, so I've got a sloppy pussy," or "I wrote mine really big, so I've got a big cock." <laughs> and Howard's like, yeah, "I don't think you can say big cock." <laughs> See, that kind of stuff is funny to me. Yeah, that's the humor I like that he does. Yeah. That play on words, you know, like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, he's definitely intelligent. You can tell that. He has, you know, smart humor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, come to find out, he also has a communications degree, so. Yeah, from, yeah. from Boston University. It's pretty impressive. It's not a bad college at all. Um, I was a little confused about all the Howard goes to Washington, Howard goes to New York, like those little cut where they were, mm-hmm. like where they had the naked lady who wouldn't get out of the car. Like, yeah. what was all that bullshit? So that, I think, is just the flavor of the show that he does now. Because I think his show has definitely evolved over the years. You know, you're not going to do the same show you do in 1982 as you do in 1987. Right. It's not going to be that way. But I think that was sort of to inject a little bit of modern flavor into it. And I don't think any of those were real. Okay. I think those were all set up, I believe. I it didn't seem like it anyway. Those seemed more produced and stuff. Like when the cops come up and they're like, oh, you can't film here and all this stuff. Do you have a permit and shit? I don't think that was true. The way the guy was standing and he was like, oh, is Howard here? And he's like, no, he's not here, but this is for his movie. He's like, come on, get out of here. Like the way he stood, he stood like an actor. I can't, I can't <laughs> describe it, but it was like he was hitting a mark. Okay. That's what it seemed like, the, the cops. So I don't think... That was just spontaneous. Mm. And I think the woman that you could see her breasts, obviously she signed a release for this movie. You can't just do that. You can't just film someone and when they're saying no and then put it in the movie. It's not legal. Right. So I think she had to sign a release for that. So, you know, she's in the back of the car and stuff and was like, oh, I don't want to do this. You're my husband. Don't make me this. Like all that stuff. I think that was all set up. It was weird. I didn't like it. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean the whole like the, the all only those thing that were broke weird. the uncomfortableness of it was when she was like, "Well, what's the donkey for?" <laughs> and I just yeah, ran, and there's a donkey. I don't know. I mean, that I, was kind of funny. I guess it kind of made me more uncomfortable. Well, be, because it was ridiculous. Because what are they going to do with that donkey in the middle of a fucking New York street? Right. So. And then the way he just kind of holds up it up and says, uh, "He goes to New York. Thanks for nothing, guys." And then he walks off. That I think that's just a whole bit. I don't okay. think that's because if if that was the case, if that happened, I think they would have just got somebody else. But that's the one thing that that kind of that I also kind of don't like about Howard. Like the one, the first guy that comes up, he's like Howard goes to WCCC, where he clearly has some mental problems mm-hmm. and he can't say it. So Howard has a history of, in my opinion, exploiting. Some people with some problems. Yeah. Like that. Mental issues and drug problems and stuff like that. And I think it's exploitative. That's, I, and I never feel, there's a guy, Beetlejuice, that he talks to that I think clearly has some sort of drug problem and mental problem. And I never am comfortable when he's talking to, to those people. It feels like an 1890s freak show. Okay. Where they're ex- clearly exploiting people that are different. And I, it's a part of like his show I don't like. How about the dominatrix? What do you think of that? I think that's fine. Okay. Calling a dominatrix to get a weather report <laughs> while she's dominating some dude. I think that's fine. 
I think it's hilarious. I, li- I like that. That's a funny idea. Mm. You know, that's a funny bit. See, I think, like, the problem for me was I went in thinking I was going to hate this movie, mm-hmm. which makes me like it so much more because I didn't hate it. I also think it was a fairly solid movie. Now, Ivan Reitman directed this movie. So he's a, you know, legendary director, very accomplished director. So, I I feel like it's, you know, like Ivan Reitman directed Ghostbusters. You know what I mean? So, it's like, I think that... I think it had talent behind it. And, okay. and I think, you know, Howard Stern knew how to tell his story, his way. And I think it, it works in a, on a lot of levels. I think there there's some interesting camera movements where he's, like, talking to his producer or something like that, and the camera just kind of, like, almost like you're on a boat. Like, it, it does want, like, it goes mm-hmm. to an angle one way, and then it kind of comes back slowly another way, and it just gives a very off-kilter, this-is-not-right kind of thing. At one point, he's talking to, to Pig Vomit, and everything kind of moves, tilts towards Howard, and it almost looks like it's like all the power is running towards him. And it's I think that's intentional. I think there's some interesting camera work being done in this fairly silly movie. But I think it's generally heartwarming in some ways. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it has kind of a happy ending. Mm -hmm. You know, he's successful. Him and his wife are still together. They got all the kiddos. Three children. Three daughters. He has all daughters. (laughs) That's funny for a guy who has so little respect for women on his show. Right. But I think that, and that might be an act, too. I don't know. It seems like it must be. I mean, his wife. I don't know. I mean, like, would she really be with somebody who... I don't, I don't know. We get to see Jenna Jameson full-on nude. Yep. That was cool, I guess. Yeah, oh, you didn't like that? <laughs> it was fine. It was weird. There were things he did that I would have been upset with if I were his wife. Yes. Yeah, you mentioned that. Like like the Jenna Jameson thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think her name was Mandy, so I don't know who the fuck that was supposed to be, but... But that actress, Jenna Jameson. She was naked and on top of him. Oh, yeah. Like, that's not okay. Giving him a massage. I mean, it was basically the bathtub all over again. Kind of, yeah. And then, like, when they had the miscarriage and he talked about that on air, she was mad at him. She should have been mad at him. And, like, that was bullshit. That was stupid. Yeah, but you said that he should do that, too, because everyone was going to expect a baby. Yeah, he should tell them, but he didn't need to tell them like that. Oh, to make a bit out of it? To make a yeah. joke out of it? Yeah. Well, I get his point of view, though, because he makes a joke about it with her, and then, you know, that becomes funny. That was that was one of those moments that, where they're in bed, cuddling, and he talks about, you know, clumpy stern. Ugh, that's so gross. Stuff like that. That, um, that was endearing to me. Like, I know it's it's a little bit gross, but it's like... That's a very real moment mm-hmm. between a husband and a wife. And he shared it with the whole world. Yeah, no. Well, Mary McCormick is like, you know, speaking for her, says something along the lines, speaking for Allison, says something along the lines of, I wish there were more things that were just ours. Right. And I think that might have been straight from Allison Stern's mouth. Probably. And I bet she feels that way now because there's probably even more of their stuff out there than it, there was before. It has to be difficult. Yeah. To be married to him for several reasons. 
<laughs> many, many reasons, but she must love them. I guess so. But in general, I I liked it. It was I don't go in don't go into it looking for a really funny movie. Cause it's not. It's humorous. I I would call it somewhat of a comedy, although more of a biopic really than a comedy. But it was there were parts that were that were slightly funny. But it's not a laugh out loud comedy. You're not gonna it's not gonna be like, oh, this is the funniest movie of the year or anything. Right. It's more dramatic than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. More personal, more endearing. And it's it's kind of it's sort of like it's I would call it fairly light, considering that it's the this this span of this man's life. I would call it fairly light. Okay. It's endearing and personal, but also in a light way. Yeah, it's irreverent. His life seems irreverent. Well, I think that's just how he presents everything. So, the funniest part to me was the dude that was like, uh, "You you're terrible on the air. <laughs> you're no good. You suck." But program director, that's for you. <laughs> I thought that was sweet. Yeah. He's like, but you come out of work on time. You're a good worker. <laughs> <laughs> I make you management. But then he fire has to fire a guy and he just vomits. Yeah. I mean, that's endearing too, though, that he is such, and it doesn't fit with my, the image I had of him, but mm-hmm. that he is such a nice person that he couldn't do that to another person. Well, I think he, I think that probably is true to his character. He doesn't seem like he has, even watching him on E, listening to him and everything, it doesn't seem like he necessarily has ill will. Mm-hmm. Like, I think his exploitation of these, you know, people, I don't think is, I don't think he's thinking to himself, I'm going to use them for money. Right. It's not like a P.T. Barnum situation. I think he just doesn't get it that he's using them. Yeah. And but yeah, I think he he seems like he doesn't have a lot of ill will in his body. Yeah, I mean, I I feel that way now. Yeah, I think I didn't give him much of a chance before. I might actually like give Watch his show his a little e bit show? of a chance. Oh wow! Yeah, I um I don't uh, like I said there are lots of things of his show I don't like, but I do enjoy watching it sometimes. But yeah, I, I I would recommend the movie. I think it's a pretty solid film. Yeah, it's not going to win any Oscars. It's not the greatest film ever made, but it's it's decent. Yeah, I would definitely say go see it. And if you like John Stamos, he's got a cameo. It's oh yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, that is our show for the uh, the day. There, Carol, for the week. All right, so go ahead and write us at latefee1994 at awl dot com. <laughs> Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yeah. And uh, tell your friends. And also, check out, uh, if you have if you have never listened to the 90210 show, listen to the 90210 show. It's, it's 90210 good. 90210 show. That's right. And also, oh. our new... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> now that's sexual. Our... Oh. Our, our new Buffy the Vampire Slayer show, Slayer Talk. It's so... Every time you say Slayer Talk, it just makes me laugh. Slayer Talk! <laughs> Tune but yeah, that as well. check that stuff out. On WANBC. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.